0: Life can be an emotional roller coaster. Juggling work, family responsibilities, and personal lives can be taxing. Add in a global pandemic, wildfires, and poor air quality to the mix. 2020 has been a difficult year for everyone's well being. It's Tuesday, September 22nd, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. To learn more about wellness tools and resources, I virtually sat down with Sydney I from the OHSU Wellness Center to see what she recommends to make it through these difficult times. Sydney, thank you for joining me today on OHSU Week. Let's get started by introducing yourself and explaining your role at OHSU.
1: Thank you so much, Josh, for inviting me to be part of this podcast. I'm really honored. So my role, I have several different hats that I wear. I started off partnering with my colleague Mary Moffitt and we were part of building the OHSU Resident and Faculty Wellness Program. So for the last 16 years I've been part of a team in which we've really worked hard to medical residents and faculty in the School of Medicine being able to access comprehensive um, professional counseling and psychiatric services. So I've been on the on the individual treatment side for many years at OHSU. And and then when COVID hit, for the last seven months or so I have been involved in looking at how do we make sure that we take care of our entire OHSU community? What is it that people might need in terms of support in the face of a pandemic? And in particular I've been with overseeing our psychological support. And so I help make sure that people know about our individual psychological support resources, our peer support programs. Uh, we've done outreach to various team leaders, and I started a psychological resilience for team leaders consult service.
0: Well, it certainly is an important time for wellness. What is your advice to people who are struggling right now?
1: I think first piece of advice that I have for people is that they are certainly not alone, that we are seeing studies that came out of China and Europe and then um, from our colleagues back east who were hit with COVID sooner than we were. We're seeing very concerning studies showing that healthcare workers who were particularly involved in uh, taking care of COVID-19 patients were levels of anxiety, exhaustion, problems sleeping, and even some depression than their colleagues who were not directly involved in taking care of COVID-positive patients. And we're seeing this also in the general population when surveys are being done in the U.S. of how stressed are people. Even people who are not directly on the front line are reporting a lot of stress. And in particular, one of the groups that a number of us in the psychology field are concerned about are parents um, of children under the age of 18 because parents are reporting a lot of stress about trying to manage to do their work and then also be there for their children in terms of virtual schooling or childcare responsibilities. And none of us are really able to adjust to all these demands with absolute grace and not be affected. So I guess one of the main messages I want to get across is that if you're not coping well right now, that is okay. It's part of being human. What I recommend to people when I'm working individually or when I'm working with teams of leaders is the importance of having a practice where you regularly kind of check in about how you're doing. To just pause and think about how am I doing? How am I feeling? What are my signs of stress? Or perhaps in our coping, uh, sometimes we have bad habits that emerge when we're feeling stressed. We eat more, we don't eat healthy, or we drink more, or we become more withdrawn, we stop exercising, we're more grumpy with people. So what is it that's a sign of stress? And asking yourself, well, what is it that's stressing you out? What is it you're feeling? Sometimes naming that can be the first step towards starting to do better and being able to pick some coping strategies that could make a difference or get help from others.
0: Those are great points, Sydney. Thank you. I mean, just knowing that you aren't alone, (laughs) more people are feeling stressed out and are having a hard time coping. I mean, that's a really big first step.
1: Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes there's this way of dealing with challenges to work harder. Um, And that's a message we often hear in our society, right? The importance of having grit and persevering. Yes, that's true to a certain extent. But I've also found in my years of doing counseling and also research, it's very important for people to appraise what is the stressor they're dealing with and figure out if it's something that's in their control, the bandwidth to address, then it does make sense to 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 try to, you know, to you know, address what it is that's bothering you. But if it's not something that's completely in your control, like what we just went through these past two weeks. With the air quality being terrible, the fires encroaching upon us, you know, once we'd packed our important papers and key things for evacuation and we're monitoring the news, there was only so much we could do when people are dealing with a stressor that's not immediately in their control to pause and not engage in problem solving because that's actually like hitting your head against the wall. It feels very frustrating. You feel ineffective. People get overwhelmed. Um, I might encourage them to uh, get support, you know, confide in someone that they trust about what they're going through. That in itself can be so powerful in terms of reducing stress. Be able to find a way of making meaning of what the situation is. And asking yourself questions like, what's something that I do feel a sense of gratitude about? Or what's something positive that I've experienced or, do or that I see coming up that I can look forward to? How am I growing as a person? How am I seeing others come through in a way that's really meaningful? That's a very high-level type of what I call emotion-focusing. Um, dealing with your emotions about a situation and it's not something that people can do when they're hungry, exhausted, really ticked off about something. It sometimes takes some time and reflection and writing or talking it through with another person but those are some of the different ways that I try to help people cope with all these stressors that we can't immediately solve.
0: The things yes. you're talking about sound simple, but sometimes it's just hard to even make that first step to to get to that first thing to do. How do you get people to that first, that first thing, just to start the process?
1: The first step, I think it goes back to the body. There's a famous trauma researcher named Bessel van der Kirk who wrote a great book called The Body Keeps Score, in which he talks about the research on when people experience significant trauma that they may recover from it, but sometimes they hold on to it in their body. It's important the attention to what our body is telling us. So sometimes when I'm working with groups, I will start by asking people, where do you feel the stress in your body? And so I think sometimes starting with that awareness of sort of taking your temperature in terms of the level of stress in your body, that can cue you to then take action and reflect on what is it that's going on that is affecting me? Why is it my shoulders are so tense or my stomach is hurting or I keep grinding my teeth at night? What could I do to get some help or to to take some of the stress off of myself? And that can often help people get unstuck. Another question I, I like to ask too when people aren't sure where to start, I'll often ask, Tell me about another time in your life that was really difficult, and what was it that you did through that experience? And how might you apply those same strategies and that perspective to this current situation? Because often I find we've been through other challenges, maybe nothing quite like this. I can't think of another time in my life where I have been this tested but we all have had our difficult times and often there are important moments of wisdom from those times that we can draw upon
0: sydney as an ohsu employee i see a lot of wellness resources and tools and and things that come through on a daily basis to assist me with my wellness but sometimes those things stress me out more you know i see all these things coming in that these are the things i want to do and should be doing but then i just don't get to them and it it makes me feel like i and not getting everything done. You know, what do you say to people who are almost more overwhelmed by all the resources? I'm
1: glad you brought that up because I this podcast and then think, great, this is one more area where I'm falling short and feel guilty or even kind of annoyed or angry about it. Um, there are systems issues and of course the pandemic and also forest fires and other issues going on that are bigger than an individual. And so I do think it's important to acknowledge that it's not all on you to deal with the situation and they're going to have to be systems changes. One of the interesting areas that has developed in the mindfulness area is the importance of self-compassion. And I think it's a great anecdote for what often happens when people are really being perfectionistic and thinking that they should be able to manage all this really well is to actually practice some self-compassion. And self-compassion means that you acknowledge what you're doing well, what your strengths are what you've been able to accomplish, how much you've learned and grown, what's important to you, and also acknowledge where you're falling short. Maybe what you just don't feel up for, the fact that you don't want to open up that app and, and practice more yoga or mindfulness, to just kind of acknowledge that that's okay. That's part of being human. And that it actually connects you with other people when you acknowledge these very real feelings and areas of vulnerability or weakness that you may be struggling with. And that it's very understandable. And just being able to, one thing I often ask people to do is to speak to themselves as if they would speak to a friend or a child or loved one who's also struggling with feeling like they're falling short in some way. The last thing I'll say in closing when people are, are kind of feeling like, gosh, there's, you know, so much more I should be doing, I would think about something that Aaron Beck said. He's a very famous psychiatrist who's the founder of Cognitive Therapy. He found in his research over the years that people get really depressed when one of two core beliefs gets really triggered. And the two core beliefs are I'm unlovable or I'm incompetent. And so I think, you know, one of the things that we can do for ourselves and for our loved ones and for our colleagues is to find ways to pay attention to how we are loved and how we are capable, even in the midst of all of these challenges. And if we don't do it perfectly, that's all right. We're only human, but right now we're just doing the best we can. And to give ourselves some grace and compassion.
0: So we've talked a lot about individual wellness. What about our community?
1: That's a really good question. Um, And I think there are a number of different ways that we could be supporting our community. One that I've been involved with and and feel is really important that we continue to let people know about is to figure out how do we support teams. Um, And in particular, I've been focusing on leaders and offering listening sessions to clinical and professional team leaders, in which I'll meet with a group of perhaps eight leaders and do a virtual listening session and ask them what they're doing to take care of their own well-being, and then what are they doing to attend to the well-being of their team members. These sessions provide them with an opportunity to share their stories with each other in a way that's been very helpful and reinforcing of their efforts. It's helped them feel less alone. When uh, employees have managers and leaders that are supportive of their emotional and physical well-being, those employees feel really supported and are able to perform better in their work. And now is a really critical time that we make sure that we're providing a work setting in a way that our leaders relate to employees that is very supportive.
0: Sydney, thank you so much for joining me on OHSU week and, and for the resources and things that I can personally try today for my overall wellness.
1: Um, I welcome uh, any feedback or questions that people may have they're welcome to email me directly or also to email our COVID-19 wellness email and also to check out our COVID-19 wellness website where we have a lot of these resources posted as well as the information on the psychological resilience for team leaders consult service if people are interested in setting up those listening sessions for their team leaders. Thank you so much.
0: OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson. Thanks for listening.